0: This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 115 Lead Your Life. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal getting, fear facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. my friend. Welcome to another episode of the show. So happy to have you today. We're going to be talking about leading your life. So I've been doing a lot of work on myself and in my business. I mean, I feel like it's continuous, but the past few months has been even more intense. And as I've been doing this work, I've realized it's time for me to niche down a bit. Now, marketing coaches, gurus, teachers, whatever you want to call them, teach this, that you should start with a very defined niche from the beginning. I've rebelled against that in many ways, and I've been more of a general life coach. Now, over the years, it's kind of niched down and saying I work with driven women and I help them accomplish their dreams. And so I've niched down a little bit to say driven woman or go-getter woman is another term I've used. But now it's time for me to niche down even more. I've just felt it that it's time to really hone in on what is it that I do really well with my clients and who is it that I work really well with. And so doing all of this work, I've come to realize that what I do best as a coach and who I work best with are women who are ready to own their power. And they want to own their power so they can lead their lives and their businesses as the leaders they know they want to be. Okay. So again, what is it that I do as a coach? I help driven women own their power to become the leaders they know they can be in life and business. Okay. So my typical client, she is successful. But inside, she has a lot of doubts about herself, she criticizes herself, and maybe she shows up in one area of her life pretty well, but she wants to show up in all areas of her life pretty well. And so I help her authentically own her power so that she can lead her life and make the money she wants to make and have the relationships she wants to have and feel the way that she wants to feel and do the things she wants to do, right? So really... Not much has changed in regards to what I do to help my clients and in regards to the coaching process. That has not changed at all. It's still a nine month simple success system that's one on one. For three months, we go through the Become an Unstoppable Woman course of mine, which is really like we're clearing out all the blocks that are keeping them from owning their power. And then the next three months, they're figuring out who they are authentically so they can really lead from that authentic place. And then the last Few months and beyond, if they choose to continue to work with me, is really going out there and instilling that authentic life and continually looking at their blocks and overcoming them. And we call that living the dream. So, again, none of that has changed. It's just now I'm really honing in as that I'm not really a life coach anymore. I'm a leadership coach. That's what I'm doing. And again, it's just a very slight wording, a very slight title change, but it makes a difference. And it allows me to really hone in on one area that I become a subject matter expert in, and that's what are the things that help or hone women from owning their power? And it's so funny because I just really came around this niche a few days ago as I had a coaching session. And that afternoon, there was an incident at my daughter's school where they were really getting on to the fourth grade girls because my daughter's in fourth grade about their dress code and about shorts need to be a certain length. And they were talking to them in front of the boys about it. And it's like, girls, you really need to make sure it's this because, you know, we have got to honor your bodies and da-da-da. And granted, yes, do we want to dress professionally and present ourselves well? Absolutely. But it's just little messages like that, especially doing it in front of males, that allows girls to have these subtle beliefs that start to take hold in their minds of, you know, be attractive, but not too attractive or be visible, but not too visible. And the way a man relaxed to my body or somebody else reacts to my body is on me. It's not on them and their thoughts and their feelings. Right. And so they start to hold back and they don't shine as much. And so just from that one moment, I was able to speak up and be like, "Whoa, wait a second. Hey, daughter's school. Like we need to reframe the way that we're doing this and the way we're approaching this. And so again, it's just really helped me start to hone in on what is it I do in the world. And it's so funny because I actually wrote down the notes for this episode days before I came up with this new niche. And um, I'm like, man, what a universe moment, right? (laughs) Like I want to talk about leadership more and more and more. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking about how to lead your life effectively and lead it authentically. And that's the really big key word here is authentically, because so many of us, we are shown these messages of what leaders look like and what they do and they don't do. And let's face it, living in our society today, a lot of that is this white male image, right? So be more masculine at work and be hard hitting and dress this certain way And, you know, act this certain way and talk about this, but don't talk about that. And it's that's why a lot of women that I work with, they come to me and they say, Lindsay, like, I have all these things and I'm doing all this, but I don't feel fulfilled inside. Like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, because you haven't figured out who you are yet. You have to figure out who you are authentically to be able to go and lead your life. And one of my favorite stories of this is actually... Um, A client I have and still have to this day where she came to me and she had a really good life. Career-wise, things were going well. She felt really in alignment there and like she was leading in that area. But in her personal life, she was dating guys that she knew she was better than, but she really wanted to start a family. And so she found herself, you know, sacrificing some of what she wanted because she wanted a family so bad. And as we worked together, she started to see how she was giving into the societal belief that she needs to have a partner in order to have a baby. And as she was starting to shed those layers and really figure out what she wanted in her life, she realized, hey, I want a baby right now. And so she has taken the steps forward to go and have that baby on her own. And that is what I'm talking about with authentic leadership is like she had to find her authentic self in that to be able to go and lead her life the way she wanted to, because she just found herself sacrificing to get some things that she wanted. Now, another story for you is obviously lots and lots of different business stories, because that tends to be where women come to me the most and say, Lindsay, I'm just not leading the way that I want to at work. And it goes back to again, is that we've been shown all these messages of how white males act at work. And so of course we don't feel fulfilled there because we're not white males, right? So I've had to work with clients of how to lead in a very authentic and feminine way to be able to still get what they want. And I've had clients that come to me in very, very dominant male industries like IT, oil and gas, finance, and we're having to figure out ways for them to show up the way they want to show up, but still kind of play the game of what they're wanting at work. One client that comes to mind is one um, who has said, you know, listen. I am really good at what I do and she has told her job that I want to work from home. And these are the amount of hours that I will go into the office, but this is what I'm going to do at home. And her having to stand up to the males in her industry too and, and showing her how to do that in a way and shedding some layers of these thoughts of like that she's a bitch or that she doesn't know what she's talking about when she really does. You know, that imposter syndrome is really what it goes back to. And so again, just by her doing that, now she's in a new position where she's getting what she wants, where she's working from home and doing what she wants. She's standing up in a whole new way and she's making a crap ton of more money in the process plus bonuses. And it's like, oh my gosh, Lindsay, I can't believe I'm making this much and I'm working from home and doing the things I want to do. I'm like, yeah, all you needed was again, to figure out how to own your power and go out there and authentically lead. So today, what I want to do is give you a taste of what that looks like for you so you can start to go and implement some of these things in your life and lead your life in a very authentic way. So many times, as I said, we're given leadership opportunities as women, especially, you know, now post Me Too movement. And even if you're a woman of color, you know, this past year, especially businesses are looking at like, oh, shit. Like we need to diversify our leadership, not just with women, but we need to have more people of color up leading. And so we're given these positions and many times we don't have these role models to look to of people that we admire and trust and who we feel like, oh yeah, they're doing it the way that I want to do it. Like for me, I felt the same way as a business owner when I stepped into my role seven years ago in the business I have today, it was like, man, I just don't see a lot of women leading the way that I want to lead in my business, not just as a coach, but in any area. And then for me, I finally found Sarah Blakely, who is a leader of Spanx or the creator of Spanx. And to me, she really embodies a lot of the qualities that I want to have as a leader. Like she's really authentic. She just shows up kind of messy sometimes. But yet she's created this very powerful feminine brand And she treats her, what it looks like, her employees very well. And she even walks us down memory lane. She's really into mindset work. So again, she like has a lot of these qualities. And so once I was able to start to see her, I was able to start to visualize, okay, here's what I want to create. And then I started to do the work of what are the blocks keeping me from stepping into that version of myself. And then two, you know, I don't want to be just like Sarah. I want to be authentically like me. And so it just really shows a lot of times where our growth is whenever we're given these leadership opportunities and what work we need to do to really step into that next version of ourselves. I'll give you another story here is when the Capitol incident happened here in the US, which was in January 2021, if you just happen to not know about it, it's when people stormed the Capitol in protest that Donald Trump had won the election. And there was just a lot of illegal activities that went with that. And there was just um, the way that they acted were just signs of racism, right? Like they had a noose and, and things of that sort and a Confederate flag. So at the time, my social media manager came to me and said, hey, Lindsay, are you going to make a comment about what happened at the Capitol? And I was like, oh, man, okay, I guess I should was my first thought. And I was really kind of taken back because that was the first time somebody had asked me, are you going to make a comment about this you know, thing in history, in essence? And I was like, oh, wow, you're handing the mic to me. Like people want to hear what I have to say. And then when I made a comment, you know, some of the pushback that I got from that comment was, Lindsay, you're a leader. Like you, there are some holes in this argument and what you're posting and you really need to make sure that you're leading authentically. And so by me stepping into that new version of myself, of being somebody who's like taking my leadership to the next level, again, it showed me where my growth is. It's like, oh man, you're right there are some holes in this argument that I need to do my work on. And that's when I then hired an anti-racism coach. But then too, it showed me of, wow, okay, I really am a leader. Like for a lot of women, it kind of takes them by surprise of like, wow, people are listening to me and people look up to me. Because again, this goes back to a patriarchal society of we're just so used to kind of being in the corner. It goes back to what I said earlier with my daughter's school of like, be visible, but not too visible, like lead, but don't lead too much. Otherwise you're bossy and you're bitchy. And so again, it's allowed me to see like, where's my growth at? And so again, a lot of my clients, when they're coming to me, they're like, Oh, Lindsay, I'm just at this place where I just feeling stuck. Like, I know I need to step into this next version of myself, but I just can't get there. And for some women, it's when they're stepping into motherhood, even of, like, wow, I'm officially a mom now, or I'm about to become a mom, or I'm just thinking about becoming a mom, which is actually the biggest bucket of clients I get. They're like, man, I'm getting to the age, Lindsay, where I think I'm gonna become a mom. I need to do some work. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so smart to do that work before you become a mom because. You have the time and the energy, and if we look at it from an epigenetic standpoint, meaning what you're passing in your genes, the the work that you're going to do right now is going to be passed off in your DNA to your children, and so they're going to get benefit of it. So anyways, but really for them, it's showing them, okay, how am I going to lead as a mom? And for a lot of them, they didn't have parents necessarily that they want to embody and, and envy, and so again, we're having to do that work of shedding those layers, those beliefs that are keeping them from owning their authentic power and leading in that area of their lives. Okay. So let's talk about what you need to do in order to start to lead your life in the way that you want to lead. The first thing, and it's going to be no surprise if you are an avid listener of the show, and especially if you're a client of mine, but it's manage your mind. Okay. So recently I had some sessions with some older clients of mine. So meaning they worked with me years ago and they came back and said, hey, Lindsay, I'm just kind of hitting a, a funk a little bit. Like, let's do a session. And they came to me and they felt like they had these really big problems. One of them came to me and was like, ah, oh, I just don't feel confident at work anymore. The other one came to me and said, I'm leaving my day job behind and I'm going all in on my business. And again, they came to me and were like, what's going on with me? Like, why do I feel like this? And what happened during our session was, hey, you're just not managing your mind. You're not staying on top of what's going on in your head. And because of that, things are starting to snowball, things, meaning thoughts, to make you start to just feel funky again. You know, it's just like working out, like you've got to work out every so often to stay on top of, you know, your muscle mass and your weight, if you're tracking your weight or, you know, just your overall mindset. And so it's the same with your mind. It's like, you've got to just stay on top of that. You've got to stay in a place where you're maintaining. And so how can you do that? Well, I think the easiest and simplest way to start to manage your mind is just to write down different circumstances that have happened and then write down all your thoughts. I tell this with my clients, we call it a thought download. So say, for example, you think about you as a leader. Okay, so I did this with one of my clients. So we said her name as a manager, what her role is. And then we just wrote down all the thoughts of what she thinks about her as a manager, that she's not very good at it, that um, she doesn't have the right role models. And she had this huge long list of all of these thoughts she thought about herself as a manager. And I was like, see, these are just the thoughts that are going on in your mind to cause you to not feel confident to then take action from a place where you're taking on way too much work. You're not delegating properly. And then the result is that you feel really resentful and you feel like you're a bad leader, right? And so you've just got to stay on top of these thoughts and, and be aware, bring them to the conscious mind of what's going on. And so you can change them. Okay. And so it seems so silly, right? Of like, oh, we just find the thought, Lindsay, and then we just change it. Yeah, that's really where it begins. So for her, she has this thought that I'm not a very good manager. Well, what could she start to intentionally tell herself every day to feel a little bit different? That's a just somewhat believable. She might not be at the place yet where she's saying, oh, I'm an amazing manager. But for her, it was a thought of something like, you know, um, I'm a good enough manager. Like that was believable enough to her to start to say that to herself intentionally every day. And again, when I'm saying show up and say these things intentionally to yourself is really, yeah, start your day with telling yourself intentionally the thoughts you want to think to go out and then feel the feelings you want to feel, be it confidence, empowerment, authenticity, neutrality, joy, peace, whatever. And then you're going to take action from that place. I know, it sounds so elementary, right? Of like, we just tell ourselves what we want to think. Yeah, it's just like building any other habit in your life. Like when you learn to type on a keyboard, you had to learn where the letter A was over and over and over and over again. You just had to keep hitting that key until your brain got it, where then it's just second nature to you. You don't even think when you type anymore, right? At least I know. It's the same with your thoughts. If you want to think a certain way about you as a leader, You start every day with saying that thought to yourself. And then you have to spend a few seconds actually feeling the feeling of that. So if you are saying to yourself, I'm a good enough leader, feel the feeling of that and even visualize what that looks and feels like for you. And then go on with your day. And then every day that you're doing that, it's just going to build this brain wire in your brain to a point where you're going to start to say it. And you're gonna be like, whoa, I don't even need to say this anymore. I just believe this to be true because then the brain wire has been built around it. Okay. So, again, you've got to manage your mind. Obviously, this is something I do with my clients. This is why my clients, when they work with me beyond nine months, they're wanting just ongoing accountability and ongoing to support to manage their mind and someone to hold space for them to actually show up and do this. You know, this is what I do with my own coaches is I'm coming to them. Like I had a session this week with one of my coaches and I said, I keep seeing this thought coming up for me that I'm a bitch, I'm a bitch, I'm a bitch, I'm a bitch. And um, I gave different examples of when I've seen it come up for me. And we spent a whole hour just looking at that thought of I'm a bitch, like where it came from. What is it that I wanna think instead? What does a bitch really mean to me? When does something cross over to where I do feel like I'm bitchy versus me just standing up for myself? And just shifting that one thought is going to have a huge impact in my life. And this is what I'm doing all the time as I'm getting coaches. I'm shifting these thoughts that aren't serving me into thoughts that are and allowing my brain to get on board with that by doing things like, where did this come from? When does it cross the line? What do I need to do so I don't cross that line and don't become a quote unquote bitch and all of that. And that's what I'm doing to manage my mind. So again, you can hold space for yourself and do this for yourself and write down a circumstance, be it you as that part of yourself as a leader. It could be whatever happened in the previous day. Like, you know, Tom, my boss said, hey, you're not turning in exceptional work. And then write all your thoughts about that. And it just, that's the way you start to manage your mind, my friend. And that's the biggest key to start to changing the way that you're showing up as a leader. And to know that again, we're in this patriarchal white supremacist society where, you know, white males, they just don't have to do as much work around this because society it has been traditionally set up for them to just believe that they're leaders and believe, you know, that they can go out and do whatever they want to do. And so they don't have to do as much mind management. But as women, especially if you're a woman of color. Then you have to do more mind management because again, like society just hasn't been set up at this time for you to go in and feel really good about being all these different leaders in your life, be it at work or at home. Okay. So that's the first thing you need to do to lead your life. The second thing beyond that is to regulate and process emotions. There was an article once many years ago from the Harvard, Harvard Business Review And they said the number one key to successful managers, which I consider just leaders, is that they are emotionally intelligent. And what I consider emotional intelligence is somebody who is in touch with their emotions and then they can process the emotions and hold space for other people to process their emotions without diminishing it. And that is such a powerful place to be. And so funny, as I work with clients, you know, they see me modeling how to hold space for people to feel feelings and process emotions. And then, of course, they're doing it on their own. And so they become powerful leaders just from our relationship and the work they're doing on themselves because then they see, oh, I know how good this feels when somebody does this for me. And, oh, I'm not so scared of feelings anymore because now I know how to process my own feelings and regulate my own body so that I'm not, you know, emotionally triggered as much and not as anxious. And so then all of a sudden they step into this role as this more powerful leader. I'll give you an example with one of my clients. She's a CEO of a small business. I think they have something like 20 to 40 employees. So So pretty, you know, small, but not super small. Um, And so she came to me and she's like, Lindsay, my business is not doing well. And I've got to do something differently. And I know part of this is the way that I'm leading. And so over the past few months, we've been looking at, you know, what beliefs allowed her to be the leader she was then. So when we started, which was one where she was constantly walking on eggshells with herself because Some leaders would tell her, hey, you can't have a family. You need to devote all your time to work. Some leaders told her, you need to be friends, but not too friendly with your boys. So she just felt like she couldn't win. And so she just, again, felt like she couldn't be herself too. And so as we started to shed those layers, she started to feel through some of the the, um, choices she's made in her life, like not starting a family because of what certain leaders have told her. Then she's been able to now step into this new role of her and this new version of herself and her business is doing better than ever. She's feeling better than ever and her business is taking this turn. And hopefully, you know, we're still like a few weeks, if not months away from her business really taking off to a point where then she can sell it and move on with her life, which is her ultimate goal. And so that went back to us really working on her learning how to regulate and process emotions. And now she shows up for employees, too where she can hold space for them. Like they come to her and they say, hey, something has happened at home and she's able to, you know, really sit with them and not really like even coddle them. It's just like being able to acknowledge and recognize what's going on and then being able to still set loving and firm boundaries with them moving forward versus before she would just avoid the whole thing together. And then their empo- her employees weren't that happy. She wasn't getting what she wanted out of them. And it was just this whole big kind of shit show. So it's so important for you to regulate and process your emotions. So this is what I teach my clients all day, every day. But one of the biggest ways that you can start to regulate your own emotions is as simple as breathing. You know, this goes back to the recent episode I did with Casey Joy about body work and how powerful breath is. And just being able to, when you're feeling something, taking a deep breath, maybe a couple deep breaths in and out and then just starting to, again, going back to manage your mind of like, what are the thoughts that are coming up for me? Like this recently happened to me in my own business. I had a client who sent me an email that had a lot of what I consider very nasty thoughts to me. And I felt my natural reaction was like the spider flight. Right. And my, I started to get anxious and I sat there and I just breathed. And I just took a few breaths and I was like, okay, Lindsay, what's going on in your mind. And, and things that were going on in my mind is what if what if what she's saying is true? And I just started to, you know, then again start to pull forward all the thoughts that were going on to lead to my anxiety and just continually regulating, breathing in, breathing out, regulating my emotions. So then luckily I was at a place where, you know, her and I weren't face to face because it is trickier when you're face to face and you're triggered by that, right? But then I could come to her and be like, hey, here's what we need to do moving forward, setting a loving firm boundary. And I'm not at a place where I'm emotionally reactive. Instead, I'm emotionally responsive, which is a whole nother. We could do a whole podcast on that. That's another thing I teach my clients. And that's really what I'm asking you to do here is to start to be more emotionally responsive versus reactive. I don't know about you, but I've definitely had managers and leaders in the past that have been reactive. And it creates almost a toxic working environment. And you can tell that you just can't come to them with things because you don't know how they're going to respond or really react, as I said. And then you feel like you're walking on eggshells. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I got to get a new job. I got to get out of here, right? And if we look at it from a personal perspective, I know I've had personal relationships with people who do not know how to emotionally regulate, who are very blaming and reactive. And I don't want to be around those people. As much as I love them and care for them, I, it's just, it's just really hard to be in a relationship like that. And so the more that you can become that person who is regulated emotionally and processes your emotions, you're not emotionally triggered, you're emotionally responsive versus reactive. As I said, the more people want to be around you and the stronger you are going to become as a leader in all areas of your life. Okay. The other thing that needs to happen for you to effectively lead your life is to become what I call a boundaries badass. And so again, this is something I I work on with my clients. We spend a whole week where they take a boundaries assessment and they're given, I think it's like 20 different boundaries that they need to be setting in their lives for them to really be able to feel good and to get what they want out of life. And for many women, myself included, when I first took that assessment, it was mind blowing to me to see, oh my gosh, you mean, I can set a boundary that people can't talk me out of my truth. That's wild. You mean I can set a boundary that I don't have to continue in conversations that I want to be over. And so when you realize that those are things that are emotionally healthy for you to be setting, holy moly, it changes the game. Because anytime you're allowing someone to cross a boundary in your life, you take a ding for it. And those dings add up and they make you tired and they weigh you down. And then all of a sudden your emotions start to snowball and you're feeling overwhelmed and Uh, you know, ungrateful and all the things, right? Then all of a sudden, those thoughts start coming up and managing your mind becomes more difficult because you're worn down and your mind, in essence, is turned against you in some ways of like, yeah, well, you let people walk all over you or this job is way too hard for you. See, I told you you weren't ready to be a leader or, you know, you can't be a business owner. This is way above your head. You should have known better, right? (laughs) <laughs> Am I striking a chord here for you for a lot of women? This is what their mind is like myself included. And so it goes back to having those boundaries and really setting those loving but firm boundaries in your life all around you. And once you do that and you continually hold those boundaries, because it's not just about you, you know acknowledging and being aware of what boundaries is that, it's going to then have the courage to hold those boundaries and continuously hold those boundaries that's when you start to lead effectively. You know, I'll give you an example. My personal life is just this weekend, my husband and I were talking about some financial stuff and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm just freaking out. It's like, we've got this coming up and this and this. And I just feel like, you know, we're we're really struggling. And I've been asking you for money and I haven't been getting it. I was like, whoa, 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 back this train up. First off, you're defining this as that we're struggling. We're definitely not. You're trying to make it seem like, as this is how I feel, is that I'm not giving you money, but you can't just ask me for money. Like I have to plan things in my business around that if I'm going to be giving you money. And I really had to set a boundary with him is like, listen, that story that you are telling me right now about how we're struggling is just not true. This is on you and this is your mind that you need to go manage because for him, he has some triggers around finances. He grew up poor in some ways. Um, And so this is triggering for him. And then he starts to put that on me and he wants to, in essence, what it feels like, throw anxiety on me. And I'm like, listen, dude, no, 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 no. That's how we're going. And of course it created tension for us that night. It was on Friday night when it happened. And Saturday, then he woke up and you could tell he kind of had a change of heart of, okay, Lindsay, yeah, you're right. And we kind of talked it through. And he's like, yeah, this just goes back to my safety and security needs. And I was like, yeah, it totally does. But I will tell you in that moment when I'm setting boundaries with someone, that's where like thoughts come up for me of like, Lindsay, you're such a bitch or Lindsay, you're high maintenance or Lindsay, you're asking for too much or Lindsay, why don't you just let it go? And that's where as women, we have really got to change the game there because if we continuously have thoughts like that, that's where, again, we take those dings from those boundaries. And then all of a sudden we're feeling, you know, antsy and anxious and worn out. And then all of a sudden, all those nasty thoughts start coming in our mind, right? So just by me setting that boundary with him on Friday, that changed the entire progression of what was going to happen in my mind next. So instead I put that back on him of like, whoa, dude, this is on you. We are definitely not struggling. There's definitely nothing going on in my business. Like you got to change that. And so then that negative voice in my head wasn't beating me up for not standing up for myself when I intuitively, I knew I needed to. Instead it was on him of, whoa, babe, this is yours. And then too, when I had thoughts Pop up, but maybe I wanted to be overly mad at him or blame him. I calm myself with like, listen, Lindsay, this is his own work. Have compassion for that. It's okay. Okay, are you following me here? I hope so. So boundaries are really like the starting line of all the things that you need to start to set in your life to really show up as a powerful leader. The next thing I want to tell you, in order to lead your life, is to know the difference between what I call your inner mean girl voice and your authentic self voice, and what the behaviors are of those two. So again, this is something I do with my clients. Many times women come to me, you Now, granted, most people they've listened to the podcast, they know what an intermean girl is and stuff. But most women, they don't know just off the street of that they have this voice called the intermean girl. And the psych world, is called ego. Many people call it like the false self, the lizard brain. You know, there's so many different names for it. But really, it's just the primitive, highly emotional part of your brain that's pure function is to keep you safe and secure. And so it's constantly looking at everything in a negative light because that's just going to keep you safe, right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, look at that car over there. Stay on the sidewalk. Oh my gosh, don't go talk to that person. You know, they're way more quote unquote successful than you and you don't want to be rejected by them because that's going to hurt really bad. Okay. That's what the voice is telling you all the time. And so you've got to know the difference between those voices so that you can diminish that inner mean girl voice and then start to give more power and more of a mic in essence to that authentic self voice. And just by doing that, whew, man, that's when you start to feel really good in life. And that's where you start to lead your life in a very authentic way. Because think about it, if you're giving power to your authentic self, that's your authentic you. That's the version of you before society programmed in all this crap to make you not feel like, you know, like you're living at your highest self. Right. And so again, this goes back to everything else I've already said. It's like, how do you diminish the intermingle voice? You set boundaries, you regulate and process emotions because that intermingle, as I said, it's very emotional. And sometimes you just need to feel through the emotions of something, right. Of like, whoo man, this felt really hard and really icky. So I'll give you an example in my own life right now of, as I mentioned earlier, I had a client recently who sent me an email that I felt was really nasty. Um, and I had to sit and really process my emotions. I even had to have a coaching session with my coach. of like, wow, I can't believe somebody would speak to me this way, especially somebody who I feel like I've taught better than this. You could tell she was just really triggered by something I said, but she went off on me. And so then my inner mean girl's coming out and like, how could she be right? She said this, could this be right? Could that be right? And looking at all these different ways. And I had to go and regulate and process my emotions to diminish that inner mean girl voice to then get a handle on my mind because I could just feel that voice really starting to gain power because, um, you know, I just, I hadn't done the work yet to really process and manage my mind through that experience. And this is what we're doing all the time is, you know, I talked about, I recently wrote an article for, um, a site, I'll link it in the show notes. I forget the name of the site. That's so bad. But, um, I recently wrote like the three biggest mistakes driven women make. And on that article, I said, one of it is not prioritizing mental health and thinking that you have to do it all alone. And so all these women are walking around, they're wanting to break all these barriers in their life. They're wanting to lead their life authentically. And then they're like, man, why do I feel so crappy in the process? Because it's like, hello, we're at the stage now in development as humans and especially as women that we have to manage our minds in the process of that. We can't just put that stuff on the back burner anymore. We have to bring it front and center and prioritize this stuff because otherwise it's just just too much. Like if we want to continuously grow in our life and we want to contribute in ways and we want to have deep love and connection – That requires us to manage our mind. There's really no way around it. That's just, again, where we are in our human development is that, you know, we've many of us have had our basic needs met, like we have a roof over our head, we have got food in our mouth, all those things that now it's like, okay, what's next in order to progress the human race, especially, you know, women, is for us to go in and learn how to actually. use our minds to help us versus to hinder us. And so for many women, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hire a coach or I'm going to go do this other mental health stuff. Oh, what's wrong with me? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just the smartest choice you can ever make. It's just that generations before you, likely did not make that choice. And so they've deemed it as like, oh, you don't need that. Just buckle up and toughen up and you can do all this. But look at their lives. <laughs> many of them are very unhappy You're at the place now where you can truly have it all. And by having it all, you've got to go in, manage your mind, know the things like the difference between entering your authentic self. All right. I'm going to give you a few other things to do as leaders to really lead your life authentically. But you will see that really the biggest thing here that I keep going back to is that very first thing I said is managing your mind, managing your mind. Like that's the first step to change. Okay. But here's some others is then you need to know your authentic life plan of not only who is your authentic self, but what is it that you want to do in this world? And once you start to have that plan, which again is something I create in my clients, then you go out and you start to live it. And then you know, okay, is this on my authentic life plan or not? And I know for many clients, they don't like to have a very structured plan. I'm that way too. People ask me all the time, you know, where do you want your business in five years, 10 years? I'm like, I sort of have an idea, but I really don't know. I'm just kind of living For today, and I have a kind of vision for this next year. And then let's see where I end up this next year. And then I'll have, you know, a vision for the next year. So just know if you don't like somebody that or don't like something that's a very big plan, it still works. And it works in essence of like it keeps your focus just enough to know what is it that I'm saying yes to right now in my life and what is it that I'm saying no to. Because for so many women I work with, they're just saying yes to so much. And then they're getting overwhelmed and they don't know where to focus. And it's like, what is this even leading me to where I want to go? And is this really what I want? Is this going to make me happy? And on days when they're not happy, they're like, well, is it because of my job or because of my marriage or my kids or whatever? When in essence, sometimes it's just something way different than those external circumstances. It's something they just need to process internally. But once you have that life plan or that authentic plan You're like, oh, okay, this is just a bad day. Like nothing's really gone wrong here. Like this is just me needing to process feelings and manage my mind. It's not anything bigger than that. And so it just takes a lot of stress off your plate. And again, allows you to create massive action and massive momentum moving forward in your life. This is why many of my clients, they just start making more and more and more money because they know what it is they're good at. They know what it is they want to focus in on. And then they just start to bring that in their life. And so once they're focused in on that and they know that they're really good at those things, they create massive, massive results. Okay. Two other tips I want to give you is to trust your intuition and decide. So have your own back. So this goes back to knowing your authentic self and of course, managing your mind and all the things so you can find that intuition. But as I work with so many women and I'm helping them tap into their own intuition as we work together... There's this period of time where they say, Lindsay, my intuition was always there. I just didn't trust it because it was like this muscle that they didn't know they had. And so as they go and find it more with me, they're like, yeah, oh, now I know all those messages that I've had in the past was my intuition and I didn't listen. And so now what's so great is moving forward, they know what that intuition feels like. They can go and trust that, hopefully, fingers crossed, because that takes courage and ongoing mind management and such. But then they have to have the ability to decide. Okay, so so many women, even if they get those messages, they start to be to second guess it. They start to talk themselves out of it and they won't make a firm decision out of abundance versus scarcity, which again can be a whole nother podcast topic because I even catch myself all the time making decisions out of scarcity versus abundance. But you've got to be in a place too where again, you're managing your mind, you're processing your emotions, you know, the difference between IMG and AS because IMG is going to be out a scarcity of like, oh, let's just take this safe route. Let's let's take this job that I know is not a hell yes job for you. But let's just do it now and fill in the gap. And this is something I'm coaching my clients on all the time. I just had a client who um, just finished up her master's degree. She's in her mid entering late 20s, I think now. And she came to me and she's like, Lindsay, I want a killer first job. In essence, like she's had jobs, but like, you know, really, this is her corporate job. This is what I wanna make. This is what I wanna have. This is what I wanna do. I was like, great, let's do it. So it took, t- t- can't talk. It took us a couple months to do the work of clearing out all the beliefs that were holding her back. And then she got to a space about four months into the coaching process where she started applying and she started getting job offers, but they weren't her hell yes offer. And she wanted to take them. And I was like, listen, you can do whatever you want, but I just really want to encourage you to wait for that hell yes offer. You know what it is. You know what it is you want. And luckily she trusted me. And then just a couple days later, she got her hell yes offer for what she wanted and more. And now as she's starting this job, she's like, I'm so glad I didn't decide from scarcity. That instead, I trusted my intuition. I really listened to that place of abundance that I could get my hell yes offer and more. And now I'm at a place where I feel like I can grow even on top of this. Because that's what we do sometimes as women, right? We just think, oh, I'm just going to take what I can get. I even just had another coaching call with a client where she's talking about relationships in her life. And we spent the whole session, her getting very clear on the qualities she wants on people In her life, not just with a dating relationship, but friendships and working relationships. And as we sat there, we made this list. I was like, oh, my gosh, this list is so good. It's giving me life. Like, she's just really good at articulating stuff. And she said, well, okay, let's talk about the thoughts now that I have about this, that these people aren't out there. These people aren't going to, you know, be attracted to me and come to me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, let's manage that a second because these people are definitely out there and they're definitely going to come to you if you believe it to be so. But right now you're not believing that. And so you're bringing in a whole nother batch of people. But intuitively, like, you know what you want. So you've got to now have the courage to decide and decide from abundance to go forward in that way. And what's going to be cool is that as she makes that decision, hopefully, (laughs) and she moves forward with that, that's when women that I coach gain power. And they're like, wow, I'm actually getting what I want and more. And then it just like builds this whole nother layer of leadership in their life of, wow, look at what I've created. Look at what I've done. And they're stepping into their power of, wow, this is so incredible versus shrinking And settling and saying, oh, you know, maybe I should have, could have, just would have kind of stuff. Instead, it's like, yeah, I'm claiming what I want and I've gone after it. Okay. So trust, trust, trust that intuition and then decide from that place and then have your own back in the process. And having your own back is something we're going to do on a whole nother episode too, if that doesn't make sense to you. But really it's saying decide from what it is you want and then do whatever work you need to do to continually show up for yourself in that decision. So in essence, my client who said, um, I want that hell yes offer, there were a couple days, I think even maybe weeks where it was like, oh my gosh, should I make the right choice? She was having some anxiety about it, but she just kept having her own back. It's like, no, I'm going to get my hell yes offer and more. I'm going to get my hell yes offer and more, right? It goes back to her managing her mind, saying intentionally what she wants to think, and then boom, she got it, right? All right, last tip I want to give you here, and this is a whole... Episode I've done in the past, I'll link it in the show notes. But it's to get out of frantic action into massive action instead. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. It's a great one. But in essence, what frantic action is, is when you're taking action from a really anxious place of like, oh, I just need to get this, you know, offer. I just need to get this friendship, or I just need to find whatever guy I can get so I can have a baby, right? But instead, you're taking massive action. So you're taking place from this action, from this intentional place. You know who you are, you know what you want, and you show up continuously from that abundant headspace to get what you want. Okay. So I'll give you an example in my own life. As I'm niching down more in my business, I know who I work really well with and who I work okay with. Okay. So I currently have a hundred percent client satisfaction rate. So I haven't had any, you know, quote unquote, like, your clients. Now, you've heard me sell, tell some stories on the podcast of clients who like one recently left unhappily, but we've been working together long term. She just handled she just hit a trigger and wanted to blame me instead of taking ownership for it, really. But she, she'll figure it out in time. Right. So anyway, she's still happy. She's just not happy with me right now. <laughs> but going back to that is I know who I work really well with. I know who gets exceptional results from working with me, and I know who we're going to have a lot of fun in the process with. And so I've had to say no to a lot more people recently who come to me and say, Lindsay, I'm ready for a consult or ready to work with you. And that's get, made my mind a little bit freaked out at times of like, Lindsay, what are you doing? You're saying no to money. You haven't hit your annual goal yet. Are you going to be able to hit it if you're making you know, these changes and all of that? And again, I'm managing my mind through that. I'm getting back to a place of massive action, feeling my feelings, doing all the things I told you, setting those boundaries, right? And I'm like, no, I know who I work really, really well with. I know what I do really well with. And I am committed 100% to taking massive action this year toward that vision and not getting overly anxious about it and getting in scarcity mindset so that I create what I want with those types of clients. And so, again, it's just me continuously going back to that over and over again. And even there's times I have a massive versus frantic action image that you'll see on um, the episode show notes of that other episode that I'm talking about, massive versus frantic action. And sometimes I'll just look at that image sometimes and be like, okay, how am I in frantic action today? How can I get back into massive action? And really, massive action, too, is going all in and saying, I am committed that this is going to happen. Like going back to the client I was talking about with what she wanted in that job, she wanted to talk herself out of it at times, but she kept going back Of no, I am all in. This is what I'm taking action from. She wasn't applying for jobs that she knew she could get in the meantime anymore. She was only applying for and interviewing for jobs that she knew would meet the criteria of what she wanted. That's massive action. Same with what I'm doing in my business. I'm only reaching out in networking groups and such that I know where my ideal clients are hanging out. I'm no longer entertaining the idea of hanging out in groups where my ideal client is not there. Okay. So a lot I gave you today. I hope you have some nuggets that you can start to go and use in your life. Of course, the way to get the most massive and the fastest change to be able to lead your life is to work with me. So reach out. The first step is to apply for a free consult. You just go to Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, E-Preston.com forward slash apply. Link is always in the show notes as well. And let's get this ball moving so that you can lead your life effectively. And I will be there every step of the way to help you do that, to help you manage your mind, regulate and process emotions, set those boundaries, decipher intermingle from authentic self decide on your authentic plan, trust your intuition and have your own back, get out of frantic action into massive action. And then this next bonus tip I'm giving you is realizing that support is part of the process. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier is we're just hitting a time in our society where women are realizing, whew, I need some extra help. I can't do this all on my own. And there's a little bit less stigma of going and doing that. It's becoming a thing now where the most successful people are talking about, I have a coach or I have a coach and a therapist, or this is what I do for my management. I'm meditating or I'm doing that. Like you've got to be doing something for me. I always just go back to coaching. That's my go-to. Obviously too. I do my own mind management. I'm doing meditation, all that stuff, but that's just what's worked really well for me. Maybe the same for you. So reach out if that's you and thanks for tuning in for this episode. Always so grateful to have you and I will see you on the next one. Bye, my friend. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email. Share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, ePreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.